0: Hello and welcome to the Arise Worship Podcast. I'm your host, Judah Rodriguez, leader of Arise Worship at Arise Church, and with me is my co-host, Dr. J, pastor at Arise Church. And we thank you for listening today. We're excited for what's planned in this episode.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: It's going to be an exciting podcast today, so make sure to let your friends know. Hello and welcome again, everyone. Thank you for choosing to listen to the Arise Worship Podcast. I'm your host, Judah, and with me, my co-host again, Dr. Jay. And we are excited for the episode today. It's something new. We have taken a little break from the previous podcast, just getting things in order, getting some stuff ironed out at the church and all that. So now we have some time. And today we have a special guest with us. He has... Two albums out, Pianoscapes and My Heart's Passion, I believe, on Spotify, Apple Music and other streaming services. And he has been a part of our worship team since before I was born. And yeah, it is our good friend Tito.
1: Tito!
2: Hello, hello.
0: How are you, Tito?
2: Good, good. Excited to be here on this uh, first podcast. This is my first time ever, so it'll be my first. <laughs>
0: Welcome to the Dr. J Studios. <laughs> yes, the nice library we have here at home. <laughs> well, it is pretty cool. You're the first guest we have here, so it's something new. Honored, Isn't...
2: honored. Thank you. Yes. Yeah.
0: We, we wanted to um, make sure that
1: we get people in that can help our listeners understand what we're doing at Rice Church, what God is doing at Rice Church, and how They'll be blessed by attending one of our services, so yes, yeah it's important for us uh, that we pick the right first guest. Tito has been with me since he was i don't know maybe around fourteen something he, like that yeah <laughs> he was he was a young boy <clears throat> he's still a young boy
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah man heart yes.
1: <laughs> But we, we, he's been helping me there at the church for goodness, uh, close to twenty years, and he knows the heart of a Rice Church. Rice Church, we we started in August, March of two thousand fifteen, but before that, in ministry, Tito has been with me uh, for all of those years. So he he knows he knows what we're doing, what God is trying to do with the Rice Church. So. We wanted to bring him in and and have um give you some insight as to what we do at Rice Church.
0: Yes. He's also been a really great mentor to me as he used to be our worship leader there before I took over and helping me learn the rope. So something I appreciate and something I've taken to heart with everything I've learned. So thank you, Tito. Welcome, welcome. But I uh, will start with how you got started in all of this, what made you want to lead worship what drew you in and how you've i guess been throughout the years seeing it change as time went on
2: well for me i started when i was probably about eight years old at a church where we were playing at my dad was the only guitarist and i remember one service we showed i we we showed up to the service and a brother had a drum set there so i You know, being a little kid, I got excited, ran up there, sat on the drums, and started playing. And my dad said that he noticed I had rhythm. So he got excited and went and bought our own drum sets. And that became the Saturday routine, Mm -hmm. practicing every Saturday. Sometimes my friends would show up in the morning because they wanted me to go play with them. And they'd sit there in the living room watching me practice with my dad those Spanish songs that they didn't even understand. (laughs) And so that's what we would do. And every service, we would carry the instruments back and forth because at the time, that place would get broken into pretty often. Mm-hmm. And uh, But that's the way I started. And as I grew older, I started getting a more understanding of what it was that I was doing. When I first started, it was just me playing music and being forced to do it because my dad wanted me to, which I kind of grew up being a, a little resented to her The music, but as I gave my life to the Lord when I was about 12 years old, I got a better understanding of, okay, you know, this is something that I I enjoy doing, I want to do. And so from there on, as I started helping out other worship teams, hearing their experiences is what opened my eyes to what worship is about, Mm -hmm. rather than just being up there playing an instrument or being on stage it was more uh, okay it's a thing that i i do forgot Mm -hmm. it's something that has an effect in the spiritual it's not just a jam session that i was used to growing up you know i was just oh i'm gonna play but i started learning about that and
0: yeah yeah. and i think for all of us we've had that kind of drive or goal i guess we all think it's really cool to play because we see it on tv and stuff like it's a band setting and it's fun but I went through the same thing, but now I understand more that there's a, a whole lot more to the meaning, like you said. And mm. I'm hungry for more, and I can see that you've been pretty much my whole life. You've been around forever. You are my cousin, so yeah. you've seen me grow up. Yes. the it, it, You know, you
1: have so many memories, you know, throughout ministry. We, I've been doing this now since... 1997 and we started the church in 99 and soon after that is when you when you started coming to to our Mm -hmm. church and so many memories on Mm -hmm. you know when you started with the drums uh you you were a drummer at first and then then we moved you up to uh well we didn't move you up you kind of like i would go and lock you in Mm mm-hmm at that church because you wanted to
2: stay there. <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, y'all bought the black keyboard, the Yamaha. And so like, that's why I, a lot of the times I would go spend the night at your house. Like, oh, okay, well, I get a chance to play on the keyboard. <laughs> I remember uh, Brother used to tell me, oh, brother, we're praying for you that you would come to the church.
1: <laughs> yeah. And Yeah. Yeah, and then when we got our first place, that uh, you guys want you to stay there. And I said, okay, I'm locking you guys In <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. The it, it was you and Mike mm-hmm. that would they would just stay there. I remember getting there in the mornings, and you guys were asleep on the chairs. Yeah, <laughs> but that was uh And, and that's how you transitioned from the drums over to to the keyboard. And what do you do right now? How? What instruments do you play? Which one do you prefer? What do you
2: feel? You
1: know because I know you play a few instruments, but which one would you say you're most comfortable with?
2: Well, the one I'm most comfortable with right now is piano. I would say that's my number one. I've been investing a lot of time in that lately. Uh, I've been playing it since I was about maybe 12 to 15 years, uh, when I was 12 or 15 years old and 37 now, and so that's my more uh, dominant instrument. The other instruments that I play is guitar, bass, drums. And I would say the next one after piano would be maybe between guitar, drums. I'm sorry, bass and drums. Then guitar would be uh, my least one, even, even though I'm pretty confident in it, but it's still not up there with the piano.
0: And you do sing as well with us there on the worship team. Try yeah. to. <laughs> But it uh, it all sounds good. It's it's cool to learn from you and see the way you play. You can tell you put in a lot of time to it, into it and how much it's changed over the years.
1: Yeah. So what do you guys think of our vision for
0: twenty twenty one? You know, that God gave us a mandate. Yes. And what do you guys think of that? I think it's pretty cool. And we're starting to see some changes already in the church, Rice Church, and then the church globally. Something for Rice Church, I think, is exciting. We get to still work on the album and get more songs out there, hopefully here soon. It's still a very long process, everyone. We're still in the early stages. And then the whole reset is, it's a pretty cool idea to have in the back of your mind. Tito, do you think?
2: Yeah, it is exciting. And for me, one of the, the biggest things is taking me out of my comfort zone. As I, I'm the type of person I, I get comfortable really easily, so for me it, it's an exciting thing. It's it's a uh, very optimistic for this year. I'm glad that 2020 is over. Obviously, you know it's, it's an interesting year mm-hmm. to say the least on that. But this is i uh, I'm excited. You know, I really feel like the atmosphere is different at church here in these past couple of services. I just just like a hunger that that i seem that i see and i feel that it's it's growing there's a stirring in in ministries as well as structure right i feel like it's beginning to happen so it's a great thing to see but i remember you said a long time ago once you set a goal and you seem you see that you're about to reach it set another goal right don't get comfortable that you got it and yeah, we have to keep reaching higher. Yes, you know we, we
1: can't settle for just reaching easy goals. Mm-hmm. If that anyone can do, but we we have to continue to look up and look higher and reach higher and, and strive for more. And I believe that that's something that's happening there at the church, uh, especially this year. Mm-hmm. You know, the, last year was quite a, quite a year, I think, for everyone. You know, mm-hmm. not just the Rice Church, but the church globally, the church in the U.S. We've talked about this a, a bit on how disappointing I was, how disappointed I was, and I imagine how disappointing it must have been for God to see so many churches willingly just close mm-hmm. down. What What were you thinking? You know, you've been now uh, serving the Lord for, gosh, what over twenty years? Yeah. I've been serving the Lord. the same you know since 1996. So this year is gonna be 25 years. Wow. Yeah. And but in my in my time with the Lord, I've never seen anything like this. Usually, when there are difficulties going on in in society, that's when churches get filled. You know, I remember when I was in the Persian Gulf War. And they told me that here in the U.S., everybody was in church. Everybody was praying. Everybody was attending church. During 9-11, everybody got to church. You know, anytime there's obstacles or difficulties that are happening, usually people go to church. But this year, 2020, this past year, 2020, it was something that... I was dumbfounded. I, I just could not understand how preachers and Christians so willingly close the churches. Mm. Well, uh, you know, in your walk with the Lord, had you seen something like this and what, uh, what do you think?
2: No, I've never seen anything like this. It was, it was surreal. It, I mean, I couldn't believe it at first. Uh, it didn't hit me. Right when it happened, but as time went on, I just started seeing churches that we meet in the parking lot, you know, in their vehicles, which was I I thought it was interesting. I never seen anything like it. Then I just, you know, hearing the preachings, the sermons that you had, and then in my own walk with God, you know, my personal relationship, it just didn't seem right. It felt weird, Mm -hmm. and for me, I, I didn't think about it until recently how. Everybody was saying that it well, that was the the right thing to do, it was for everybody's health benefit. But then I started thinking, but it was that was the the masking of it of trying to put a a nice way of saying, Hey, we're gonna shut your church down. Yeah, you know, so for me, it was surreal. Yeah,
1: it's incredible, you know, to think that people were making excuses. Mm to say that it was okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, when when as Christians, as believers, as Bible believing Christians, when we read the Bible, it tells us that God is a God who heals us mm. and he protects us. But somehow all that went out the window
0: right. in twenty twenty. Yeah, it's pretty crazy for me. Compared to you guys, I've only had like five, six years. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's still crazy because I've been in church my whole life and not once did we ever have to close it for any reason that I can remember. Most of the time I was in like one of the children's classes. And then when I was old enough, like not to be in the classes, being in the sanctuary and seeing it, it was just, it was normal. It, It felt good. And then as I got older, and started to serve it, it kind of changed. And then when this whole thing happened, it shook me down. Like how could so many people just walk away like that and just turn the other way in an instant, instead of turning to God, like flipping the roles. So we're
1: going to pull the curtain a little bit for you when the announcements came that, you know, people should stay home. I I really was praying here at my house because I was thinking, do they mean churches? And then I found out that they did mean churches and that there's going to be some repercussions for it, legal repercussions for it if you weren't, uh, if you were caught outside or something. And so pulling the curtain a bit, I sat down with my family and I told them, you know, we're, We're not closing church, but we're going over there, and we're going to have church. And if they happen to arrest me, then the following
0: week, uh, Judah, you come back, and and you're up. I was the next man up. Um, Yeah, was like the sixth man. Yeah. So what did you think of that, Judah? Were you nervous, afraid, scared? I wasn't scared of... What would have happened? I was scared that I wouldn't have been prepared to do it because I I've only like preached one time in my life, and that was scary just because I'm a uh, pretty soft spoken. I don't have much to say, and I trust God to help me to know what to say. But even if that, if I had to keep doing it every week after that, it it would have been a little difficult, I think. But I I was ready to take it on no matter what. So,
1: it, it, Tito, you you guys, you and your wife and your children, hear the announcement, we are having church. What goes through your mind?
2: Well, I know that at, at when we got the uh, notice from that, they were going to start closing down places in church. I know my wife and I, we spoke, you know, well, I mean, whatever pastor's going to do, I mean, if he, I guess we're going to have to go meet at his house as you know i didn't i didn't know if they were going to close the building so i said well if that's the case well i guess we're just going to do it like that you know so but for us it it was not so much going with the flow but it was just well we need to get ready for whatever's going to happen you know i don't know what kind of you know thoughts crossed through my mind and I, i don't know what kind of persecutions would happen if i guess you know society was looking at us as oh they're being disobedient to the government and But to us, it was just like, well, I mean, we're going to still trust in God, believe, and go go whatever pastor decides. Mm -hmm. And you know, we took it really serious.
1: You know, this is not something that we took lightly. I really was praying, and I remember talking to the family, and my daughter says, "Dad, if you had closed the church, I would have been mad at you." And, uh, and I told her, I said, well, I said, I appreciate that, but I think if I had closed the church down, God would have been mad at me, and that's more <laughs> scary, yeah. you know, than, than having my, my children be upset with me. But, but I think, really, it's, it was more of a sign of the weakness in the American church. I, I, don't, I can't speak for the church in other parts of the world uh, because I am part of the American Church, and there are things that we do here that other countries don't have access to. You know, mm-hmm. we we have readily available to us pretty much internet. You know, we we take it for granted, but it's pretty much everywhere. You know, anywhere you go, you go to some of these other countries, and they don't have that privilege that we have. We have televisions, you know, where. Most homes have more than one television. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Most homes have more than one smartphone, you know. And you go to some of these other countries and they don't have that privilege or that, uh, I guess, that plan B. And here in America, we have plan B, C, D, E, F. You know, we have so many ways to do it that it's easy for people to forget uh, the commands of God. That God said, don't give up meeting together Mm -hmm. as some have fallen into the habit of doing. And, and we made excuses as a church, you know, not necessarily a rice church, but the U S church. We made excuses and we made it seem like we were protecting people and we forgot we are not the protectors. God is still the protector. He is still the one who uh, protects all of us. So but you were on the list, Tito. You know, if if Judah was arrested the week after that and my wife and you know, you you were you were going to come up on the list.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I heard when uh, you mentioned that up there from the pulpit and you said if, and if they took Judah, then Tito and I said, "What?" <laughs> you know, I, so I thought the same thing as Judah. Man, I don't even have nothing prepared, and so you know all that started coming into play, and and the only thing I can think of is, well, I guess it would be the moment where the the way the scripture says, be ready in season, not a season. Yes, (laughs) but yeah. So you
1: know, so so behind the behind the curtain, it was it was an all out attack on the ministers ministers of the gospel. Pastors and the enemy veiled it with health issues. You know, we're protecting your health. Mm-hmm. And and that really bummed me out. I was dumbfounded. I was upset that so many people. And then I saw this tweet that somebody or somebody shared a tweet with me. I can't remember if I saw it or somebody mm-hmm. shared it with me. But I do remember the tweet. And the tweet was, what happened to all these healing ministries? Mm -hmm. Oh, that really got me upset. Mm -hmm. So so what do you think, you know, when you hear something like that? You know, you you have unbelievers that are now mocking churches for closing down.
0: Yes, and there was even a time when they wouldn't let you worship in a church, which is something that we have a right to do, practicing our faith and uh, worship can be a, a pretty big part of what we do. It It's all towards God, it's for God. And when they take away that freedom to do it, when it's stripped away, it's like Daniel praying to God when they told him not to. Mm-hmm. They wanted him to bow down the, head, the statues and- The three Hebrew boys. Yes, mm-hmm. and he stood his ground. And kept praying, did it like nothing changed. And even now there's uh, this worship movement called Let Us Worship led by one of the many Bethel collective artists there, one of their leaders. And he goes all over the country, having like just worship nights, even during the day, Uh, and people come together at that. And I think that's really cool, but it shows how important worship can be to us. So. It's it's good to see it all like coming out for what it is, and people actually taking that extra step forward for their faith. Mm-hmm. So what what do you see,
1: Tito? When we are holding church and having it open, while many churches have closed down.
2: I know one of the things, obviously, is I feel proud. You know, I've been asked by uh, friends, acquaintances. So is your church? Uh, has your church opened up, and uh, and uh, I feel proud to tell them we never closed. You know, and and you can see their face reaction of either shock or like wow, you know, because whether their church closed or they've known churches that have closed. So number one is it makes me feel proud, and it it boosts my face my faith too because you know it's going against the flow. Mm-hmm. you know and, and it's something that I know that we've been called to do to be the light in right. the darkness and if you're gonna go with the flow then you're pretty much stating I'm gonna be dark like you right you know so we got to stand out mm-hmm.
1: you, you know and that's it's not easy you know because everyone's expecting you to to close and then they veil it with it's it's for concern for people, you know, you, you're not compassionate. You're not, you don't care for people. Mm -hmm. Uh, and we didn't do it, you know, at a rice church, we did not stay open, uh, out of rebellion. You know, that's something that, you know, I really want to make clear. We did not stay open out of rebellion. We, we stayed open because it was our practice to continue. We have church every Sunday and that's our practice. That's we did what we normally do. And the great thing about our country is that we have a constitutional right. It tells us that we can practice our faith and that uh, Congress or there should be no law that prevents us from practicing our faith, whether in public or in private. They cannot tell us how or when or, or, or if we can practice our faith. We have a constitutional right. So as we were having church, I was being attacked, even on social media, you know, that people were telling me that I was killing my family, you know, and I was like, wow, you know, I asked my kids and my wife, I said, Are, do you guys mind that I'm doing this?
0: <laughs> we all said no. Yeah, we, uh, we stood by our dad the whole way through. It was it was our choice to want to go to church. We serve too, and we see it as our responsibility, as our right being obedient to what god has told us to do so we didn't think anything of it we even made a video of us just playing a couple worship songs letting people know that we stood by you through it all and that it it didn't like change anything
1: right and you know but we we continued and and again we didn't do it out of rebellion the bible tells us that when An edict was passed that you know that people couldn't couldn't pray. Daniel, as Judah mentioned, went up to his room. The Bible says, as was his custom. Mm -hmm. He didn't do it out of rebellion. He just did what he always did. Mm -hmm. And he prayed. He prayed three times a day. He didn't do it, you know, to rebel. He did it because that's what he did. When they went to the three Hebrew boys, they said, Well, you know, that's not what we do. We don't bow down to images. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you want to kill us, go ahead. You know, but we will not do that. You know, and our God will be able to deliver us. And even if he doesn't, we still won't do it. And, and that's, that's where, where we were. You know, we, we took a stand. And, and I really believe, that there's a, a great revival that's coming to our country, mm-hmm. uh, to the U.S., but we need, first of all, repentance. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that the pastors who close their churches down, leaders who announce the closing of churches should be the first ones to step forward and repent. And, and not privately but publicly, just like they publicly close their churches now, that they have to broadcast their repentance. Uh, and that's a word that we got back in April. You remember?
2: Yes, sir. Yeah, and I agree with the yeah, repentance because I know I, 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 my kids always tell me, you always got to use like an example Dad. that. But it's just that's the way I, I make sense of things. And to me, I, I think about it that way. If If my family was depending on me, and then I, in the moment of dire need, I showed to them that uh, we can't do it, you know, kind of of, of a defeat. You know, what is, what is that going to make them feel like? And I really feel that like that's what the church did with what you're saying about repenting. I really feel that the pastors, in a sense, did that with their congregants, that they showed defeat in the sense of, well, I guess this is the limit that God can't take care of COVID. Wow. So we're yeah. gonna have to shut down, you know? Mm-hmm. And to me, that's why I say I feel proud that when Archer stayed open, it showed that, you know what, no, God's not limited by what man says. Mm-hmm. That's where he shines.
1: Right. And we want we want to invite you to Arise Church, but we also want you to know that if you feel that you need to wear a mask, you can. Mm-hmm. We, we do have a few families that come to our Sunday worship and they're wearing masks and you're more than welcome to do that. And you have the freedom to do that. Uh, But I must tell you that we also have families that don't wear masks. And again, they have the freedom to do that. We, because beyond all of this, we believe that God is still our protector. Mm -hmm. The Bible says that he is Jehovah Rapha. He is the God who heals his people. So we believe that God can protect us from the virus. But if God allows the virus to to be attached to any one person or one family or what, whatever, that we believe that he can heal us. And if he's not going to heal us, then we believe they will be home. Right. So, you know, it's like the Apostle Paul said, to me, to die is gain. And to live is Christ. So if we live, we live for Christ, and if we die, we die for Christ. So there's no um, no other side for us. And we we we've had people uh, that have reported that they have had uh COVID, but none of them have been from contract. Uh, they haven't gotten the virus
0: in our church. They get it somewhere else Mm -hmm. it's usually on the outside of the church and uh, even through our worship you can when you really feel the holy spirit in those moments whenever we're worshiping even if it's in private you just kind of forget about it you're uh everything that you are is consumed in who god is and then it just kind of clears your mind you're just in that moment it's like it's pretty peaceful And it's something that we start to see more and more as well at our church.
2: Yes, sir. And and going with what you said about being healed, you know, my wife and I, we got COVID. And like you said, we didn't get it from church. You know, we got it from the outside. But you said, you know, God still healed us. And we didn't really get so much fear. I was more concerned for my wife, given that she has struggled with asthma throughout her years. So for her, it was a little more... I guess a, a, a little more severe on her side. She had a hard time breathing that night, but nevertheless, we still decided that, you know, we're gonna trust in God. Whatever He whatever his plan is, he's got. We can't question it. Exactly. You know, we're so used to that we're told by people question what whatever you're going through, question it. But for us it was like whatever God wants to do, we're gonna be okay with it. Yeah. But we believed that he was going to heal us and he did yeah. And
1: it's not a matter of questioning him in a sense of, of why am I going through this but questioning what do I need to learn in this right you know and and I think that's the the challenge that many people face today is they want to question why we go through things mm-hmm. instead of questioning the purpose and that's where we mess things up. So the, you, you guys were healed. We have seen so many other people healed, uh, you know, but the media seems to only talk about the ones that don't make it. And, and I've always believed this. You know, the Bible tells us that God is the author of our lives. He gives us life and he, he's appointed to everyone a day to be born and a day to die. And, And and I say this with all due respect to everyone who's lost loved ones, that coronavirus did did not accelerate uh, the passing of anyone. God set a date, and that date was going to come for everyone. If your date happens to be today, you can hide in a bunker, and it'll still find you. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I've, I've said this, you know, just in passing, but you, you can have an airplane filled with 250 people on it, fall from the sky in a crowd of a thousand people. And if you're in that crowd, it only kill you. If today was your day,
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know, and God will protect everyone else. And, you know, some people say, well, that's impossible. Well, you know, it's, that's the way God works, you know. He doesn't work through the easy stuff. He works to make the impossible possible, and and when you're in His hands, you know you you have that peace mm-hmm. that He's going to protect you, you know, throughout. Uh, and you know, but but I think that's all part of our our worship lifestyle. Is right. yes. not necessarily right. our songs but our worship lifestyle.
0: Yes, and a lot of it is in the private time we have between us and God because we can go to church and worship. Some people may just stand by and watch. Those that are unfamiliar with it, and even those that are familiar with it, they just don't feel comfortable. But how you choose to worship God uh, speaks volumes in terms of your relationship with Him and where you choose to put your trust. And for me, I, I choose to worship all the time, even through some of the hardest points of my life, not knowing what's going to happen with school or other things that have come and gone, but I choose to worship in it because that's, that's my whole life. I know it, it's in God's hands and I know he's called me to do this. So all I can do is trust and worship him for everything that's come and gone, whether it's good or bad. Cause I know that he knows what's what's to come. And Tito, what can you say to that for yourself? How you've chosen to worship even through everything.
2: I agree. You know, it's a it's a personal thing. One of my favorite scriptures is the one where Paul and Silas were in prison, mm-hmm. and the Bible says that while they were in in prison, you know, in prisons back then. We're not like today. Today, I'm sure they're still air conditioned, (laughs) even though it might not be the best environment, but air conditioned meals are there. So we're talking about thousands of years ago and you know their prisons probably were in a cave and so but yet the Bible says that they still were singing hymns to God. They were praising him. uh, in the midst of their their midnight hour, you know, their darkness, and it says that the angels came, the earth shook and their chains were broken. And that's one of the things that I that I, I like to try to live by, that when things are going chaotic, you know, most of us choose that time to question God and and ask him why all these things are going on. But it's rare that we would choose to, you know what, I'm still going to give you praise, God. Yes. And, and that's where I think a lot of breakthrough comes when God sees that, you know what, through the darkest point of their life, they're still going to come and run to me. Yes. There's a lot of free people that are
1: imprisoned. Mm-hmm. And there are some prisoners who are free. Right. Yeah, because it's not what's around you, it's what's within you. You know, and Paul and Silas are a great example of that is that though they were in prison, they were free men. Mm-hmm. And there are many free people here in the U.S. that are in prison. Right. Yeah, because they don't have that lifestyle of worship. And, uh, and I know that talking about worship and a lifestyle of worship, you were able to put a couple of albums here during COVID, during all that COVID situation. So tell us about those uh, couple albums.
2: But It all started with an idea. First of all, I, was, I saw this uh, website and I thought about, well, I mean, I think I could probably produce something, you know, instrumental and I've always liked ambient music. I've always been fond of all types of music, but it, it's just something about the ambient music, very light piano, very in, intrigued me. And so I thought, you know what? Well, let me see what I can do. It started off like that. Let me see what I can do. And got one track down. And I was like, okay. Got another couple of them. And they just, they kept coming. And most of the time they were not really, I guess, to put it for... Uh, in layman's terms was not thought of through, you know. It was just kind of hit record and play something, so kind of on, on the on the moment. And uh, yeah, I got about fifteen of those. And I, and my whole thing was, you know, what I would like to create music where somebody can just listen to, relax to, because that's what I like to do. I like to listen to music that kind of makes me picture myself in, in kind of like a big, vast space and kind of get lost in it. So that's what my intention was with this music is to create that kind of feeling for that person, the listener. Yes.
1: And if you're interested in getting his, his music, as Judah mentioned earlier, you can find it on Spotify, yes. Apple Music, um, iHeart, I guess. Any streaming service that's out there and the names of the album.
0: Uh, one of them is Pianoscapes and then the other is My Heart's Passion. Yes. And I've listened to both and I enjoy them. I have them playing sometimes in the background. Just, I, I also like to get lost in the music. Yeah. They're great for our uh, devotions. Yes. It's a, it's a great way to focus in on what you're doing. And then even if you're reading, whether it's the Bible or some sort of book, it's a, it's a nice to have some background noise.
2: It's under LJH Music.
1: LJH Music. So go to your streaming services and search for LJH Music, and uh, you'll be able to uh, be blessed by this music and have something for your devotional time. uh, It is something that we're doing at RISE as well as that because of what happened last year and how easily so many people – left church, I was praying and I believe the Lord told me that it's because the people's faith was weak. And our faith is weak, not because we don't go to church, but because we don't hear his word or read his word. Mm -hmm. We have forgotten about his promises. So to start the year, we challenge the church to read the whole Bible uh, in a year so that we can have the word of God in us because the more word we have in us, the more God can draw out of us in times of trouble, in times of challenges. So how's y'all's reading going?
0: I am in the Psalms right now. I'm in the, the 90s. I read about 20 a day, at least for that. Usually I'll read five chapters a day if it's anything else. But it's going really well. It's my second read through of it. And I'm enjoying it more than I did the first time, as I was hoping I was learning some stuff, seeing stuff I might have missed the first time. So it's cool.
2: Yeah, I do about a couple of chapters a day. I, I always tell my wife and I joke with her and people I talk with, I said, I don't consider myself a, a big reader. So sometimes I think, man, maybe I should buy one of those little kid Bibles with pictures, you know, because I like to have pictures of them. But uh, yeah, I do a couple of chapters a day. And then I try to also do your book, Be Authent- Authentic. Mm-hmm. Authentic Faith. Yes, and uh, which is a great book, by the way. I recommend it. Thank you. And uh, and there's another book that you gave to me as well that I'm also trying to squeeze in there too, and uh, include my with my reading as I, I kind of max out at three chapters a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it.
1: But, you know the the thing is that we have to do that every day. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of like eating. You know, the more the more of a well balanced meal that you eat, the healthier you are, and the same way with. With the Word of God, the the more of the Word of God that you put in you, the healthier and spiritually healthier that mm-hmm. you'll become. You know, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And I think for too long, people have just been going to church, right? not necessarily to hear, to listen. Jesus said to them, to those that have ears, let them hear what the Spirit is saying. In other words, pay attention to mm-hmm. what the Spirit of God is saying and. And right now, we have to pay attention to everything that's going on in society, everything that's going on around us, uh, and really begin to focus on what God wants us to do and, and be single-minded in that sense, uh, so that we can accomplish everything that God has for us. Uh, so we, we want to invite you once again to Arise Church. Right now, we meet uh, at a great place, uh, Rabbi Roy with Baruch Hashem Messianic Ministries has been an incredible, incredible blessing to us. Uh, Tito, you help them out on Fridays yes. for their Shabbat service. Mm-hmm. And, and Judah, you helped them out for a couple of years. Yes. Their Shabbat service. And they have just been uh, amazing to us. It's a, it's a great place. So they let us meet in their building and we meet there Sunday mornings at 9 a.m.
2: Tell us about the place. It's, it's, I like the place, the building itself or the service. Yeah, the building is a great location. Uh, it's got a, upstairs. Well, one of my favorite spots up there is the, the little chapel they have because they have a grand piano, <laughs> you know? So I like to go up there and try it out every now and then when I get a chance. And the uh, sanctuary is nice. I, I like it. It's, it's high roof. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got a very good feel to it when you get there, you know? Yes. So I'm a little more, I guess, I'm familiar with it now that I help out both my church and then also their church on Friday. So it
0: yeah. kind of seems like I'm always there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so It was the same for me for a couple of years then. Every Friday, every Friday, Saturday and Sunday, I was there at the church practices for us on Saturdays, our service Sunday mornings, and then I'd help them out on Fridays, but it is a nice place. What's the feel
1: at a Rice church? How are the services?
2: They're powerful. They're, they're I like, your preachings are are becoming more, I guess, intense. You know, it's a very engaging, a lot of very powerful authority, which is, you know, I think right now what we need to hear as a church, you know, because we've been a little laxed, I guess. Mm -hmm. You know, so with the the teachings that you've been giving us, it's really setting a a good mood of preparation for us to, hey, you know, take our ground, take it back, you know? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's really, like I said earlier, it's getting us out of, I know for me, getting me out of my comfort zone. So that I feel that mood, the mood is right now of things are shuffling around. Right. Right. And, you know, God's
1: doing some good things. Uh, God's bringing, as I mentioned earlier, I think revival is breaking out and we have to be ready for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, worship has always been Uh, a staple to my uh, walk with the Lord. And by worship, I mean the, the music, you know, it has always been a a staple. It's what keeps me grounded, what moves me into, you know, into his presence. Mm -hmm. Some don't need it. Uh, and, And it's not to say that I need it. It's just, it, uh it just pushes me right. a little further than than just on my own trying to manipulate an atmosphere if you know mm-hmm. for lack of a better term mm-hmm. and we we have great worship you know we we have great worship our, our team is wonderful when you when you see the worship team and the youth of the worship team, what what goes through your mind?
2: I get excited because I see the potential, you know, that the team has that they have uh the hunger for it, you know, and, and it's I see it as further ground. You know, my challenge is is how how do I what kind of seed do I give to that? You know, to to you know, because I've been around, I've been in music uh, a lot longer than they have, you know, more experience, and st- so. One of the things that I I talked to a friend of mine is that I tend to when I talk with people and share experiences, I tend to overload them with information. So my thing is I'm trying to find ways to pace myself and gradually give them information that I know will be helpful to them. So but I do see a lot of fruit team. I, I see that there is great. A great atmosphere of hunger, excitement you know, and I really like working with Judah. You know, he, he, uh, he gets a lot of the things that I say. So that also excites me because I know when I share things with him that I'm like, well, I hope he can receive this. He's already thinking it, you know, so it's more of a confirmation rather than, you know, you know giving him something. Right.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's cool to work with Tito. A lot of the time whenever he does bring something up, I will tell him, I was like, Oh, I was thinking this too, or something like that. So it's a cool way that God kind of. Helps push us forward in baby steps, but we're excited for what's to come. Mm-hmm. And even now, it's it's pretty cool that we're all up there, able to do that, and see the people that just are in awe sometimes. Especially if they're new, mm-hmm. uh, they're not used to having so many young kids on on stage. Most of them are in high school, and it's it's a pretty cool feeling. I think it's a it's a big responsibility for me but it's gotten easier over the years as I've opened up to more help and received it.
1: Yes. And we invite you
0: to come and join us
1: every Sunday morning. We start at 9am. You can watch us on Facebook live and YouTube live, but there's no, there is no experience like a life experience. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you need to be there and, uh, feel the presence of God. I'm sure you can feel it at home, but there is nothing like being in the house with other believers and worshiping God with other believers. If you need more information about Tito's music, uh, his albums and all, Tito, where can they reach you?
2: I got two emails. One of them could be keymaster0630hotmail.com and the other one is Tito at arise210.org
1: That is Keymaster0630 at Hotmail.com or Tito at Arise210.org. Send him an email. Bless him. Let him know you're going to be getting his albums. Download his albums, and I guarantee you you're going to be blessed. Judah, if they want to reach us for the Arise Worship um, podcast, maybe they have some tips, maybe they have some... Suggestions, maybe they have some questions. Where can they reach us?
0: Uh, AW at arise210.org is our worship team. But if you would like to contact me personally, it's judah at arise210.org.
1: Yes. So send us an email. Let, know, let us know that you are listening and also share this podcast. Send it out to your friends, to your family. Put it on blast on your social media. Let everyone know what Arise Worship is doing. I I really am excited for everything that's happening. I'm excited for this podcast. I'm excited for what God is doing at Arise Church. I'm excited for what God is doing with Arise Worship, our team. It is something incredible to see, and we hope that you guys can come and join us and see everything that's going on. Yes.
2: Yeah, so... This is, like I say, it's my first time being here, so I'm looking forward to being here a little more often. And uh, yeah, so download the podcast and I'm sure you're going to be blessed, like Pastor said, so.
0: You're all my guests at Rice Church. You're invited under my name. So I'm <laughs> building up those numbers.
1: Yes, remember, if you go to church, it, tell us that uh, Judah sent you, we'll introduce you to him and, you know, we, we want to see you at church uh, Thank you for listening to us, but come by and worship with us
0: as well. Uh, well, it's been a pleasure, son. Yes, it has. Thank you for coming on, Tito. We well, hope to have you on here again. Thank yes. you. Thank you for the invite.
1: Yes, Tito. Any any questions for me for Judah?
2: <laughs> no, no. It was, uh, I had a blast here. Just a little comment on that: if if you are invited by Judah, you're gonna get a free cup of water. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> And if you say
1: Tito, you get coffee. Yeah. Yes. He it has to do more work. Yeah. And, and if you say me, then I'll just introduce you to Tito and, and to Judah. <laughs> and they can take care of you. I America. will happily do it. <laughs> but thank you again for listening. It has been a great joy to have you uh,
0: as our listeners on the Arise Worship Podcast. I'm Judo Rodriguez, your host and leader of Horizon Worship. I am Dr. J, pastor of Horizon Worship. And our featured guest
1: today is Tito. Thank you again for listening.
0: We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Have a
1: great week.